You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Oh boy, so, so it was a big night. I feel like an old lady. My knee hurts today. <laughs> well, it's really not the most uh, appropriate dance, probably for someone of your age. And also, just because it's um, it's kind of a ridiculous dance. It is a ridiculous just, dance. Just, but what, I mean, if you think that. about it, what dance is not ridiculous? Um, every moshing. Form of, every form of dance, you, so you're saying moshing is dancing? Sure. No, it's no, not dancing. No, argument. wait. No. You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> no. no, that's sissy. No, it's tough. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. We so greatly, greatly appreciate yes, it. Yes, we do. Um, don't forget, of course, if you're going to be buying anything from Amazon, go to funemploymentradio.com first. Just go to our website, click on the link right there at the top of the page, and then continue about your business with Amazon purchasing whatever your heart desires. Whatever your heart desires. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, so we've got a bunch of stuff that we're going to be getting to today, including we've got a special guest who's going to be joining us here in just a little bit. Yes. And very excited about, uh, yes. about him coming in. So his name is uh, Peter, and I, I talked to him yesterday, and he has the and he is like totally okay with it. He's like, everyone mispronounces my name. Heo uh, Gucci. Heo Gucci. Heo Gucci. Okay, we'll ask yes. him again just to we verify will. that. Anyway, he's super rad. He is the creator and uh, the director, producer of everything of this new uh, online series that the Sci-Fi Channel is doing uh, called The New Kind. And it's an amazing show. And he's going to come in and talk about that, talk about... Uh, he just has a fascinating life. He's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. Anybody that does stuff with the Sci-Fi Channel, I am extremely interested. Absolutely. And let me just tell you, he might or might not. He did. He won uh, at 15 years old. He won George Lucas's uh, best youth film in like his youth film festival. The key is, can he get me a role in Sharktopus Two? <laughs> That's what I really want to know. That's what I want to get to the bottom line of. I, this is a, this is a business meeting, as far as I'm concerned. All right. So so he's going to be joining us here it's in a, a little while. Business meeting. Okay. <laughs> Sharktopus Two. My 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 <laughs> acting role. My acting life would be complete. That, that's all I would if need. If I could be in Sharktopus 2, that would make my life complete as well, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we've got all that stuff coming up and, uh, and Ball Talk and uh, World of Crazy and possibly The Adventures of Walter. What? Maybe. We'll see. Greg is we'll see. this on me. It might be tomorrow. We'll see what we have time to do, but there might be another another episode of that. All right. So, um, Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. So, all right. Uh Carrying on with yes. with uh, okay, last night. Okay, and also night. let me just tell you, I don't. Uh, so like during the weeks now, you know, I'll go out and have like a, you know a couple beers with friends. Lisa and I had a, a few cocktails last night, and I was not feeling so well this morning. Yeah, well, you're old. I know. I've got to say, we have like, to get up early and work. Between the dancing and being all rickety, and then like having a couple cocktails, because like if you go to a show, a lot of times you know it's like you can get a shitty watery beer for eight dollars, or you can get like a you know like a fancy beer. For nine dollars, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, what am I going to get? I mean, you got to get the most bang for your buck. So I drank some fancy beers, which I'm not used to. Well, you should explain what it was you went to last okay. night and, and what was going on. So last night, of course, I, we talked about it yesterday. I went and saw the Specials, who are an amazing, amazing band out of England. Uh, they basically were um, some of the formative, uh, one of the formative bands to create the the ska culture, if you will. <laughs> ska culture. Ska oh. culture. Oh, God, ska culture. You know what? I didn't get to really touch on this yesterday. The reason that I think ska annoys me so much, and maybe not original stuff like the special. I think you said Scott for a second. I'm like, what? <laughs> the reason Scott annoys <laughs> the me so much. The reason Scott annoys me. Let me no, just let's not talk Scott. about this. Not no, Scott. Ska, <laughs> although that could probably be a ska band, was how many bands tried to put ska into their name? Like, ska. 
Scarmageddon oh, or yeah. Scarface, Scoctopus. You know, things like that. Scoctopus? There were so what? many bands. There was that. There was a brief period of like two years where every band that wanted to be Ska put it out and they always had to have Ska in their name because it's like, oh man, this is, a, this is original. Yeah. This is crazy. Look what we're doing. Yeah. And so that's probably part of it why I didn't. You just have a lot of rage about it and I understand. I really do. And I don't do. know. I don't know why. You I, do. I just, I, it's, it's built weird. up. Like you get really like worked up about this. Yeah. I, I haven't heard you get worked up about, like you're not even this mad about like Nickelback. No, 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 no it, it really is. I just don't understand why, why that happened. And it's, you know, I'm sure original Scott, that was a lot different, but, um, oh yeah. And Keelan is saying, and the fact that Scott fans always scream that they hate reggae. Yeah, that too. It's like, dude, that's where it comes from. I know. Reggae is just, ref- <laughs> reggae is better. Scott is taking one tiny little part of reggae and trying to turn it, it into a whole culture. It's like, no, you kind of, that'd be like, uh, I'm going to start a band that just does guitar solos. That's it. No drums, no bass. We don't really need the drum and bass. Just guitar guitar solos not the whole rock thing mm. maybe that's an example I don't know or maybe just bass lines that would probably be it, be it. a whole Dude, line the White Stripes of... made like a whole fucking career out of that mm. oh, okay fair <laughs> <Yeah>. enough <laughs> alright maybe that was a bad analogy uh, re- analogy rescinded I'll take that back but something along those lines mm-hmm. anyway uh, carry on so uh, I did go to the show so uh, my girlfriend Lisa and I uh, ended up going together which was so fun because I, I was talking about it before she's like a total like hair metal girl mm-hmm. like she has she has yeah. pictures with no she Oh my god, you should see pictures of her when she was uh, in her teens. She just had, like, she was stick thin, long, straight blonde hair, wore, like, the skankiest clothes. Yeah, see, those are the rock no, chicks. She totally was a rock chick and had, like, the torn t shirts, like, with the, you know, like, turn. Oh, hell no, yeah. You, if you saw pictures of Lisa, you would be like, holy shit. Because she's a beautiful girl now, but I mean, like, back then she was, like, a skanky rock chick. Yeah. It was, she, and she wore it with a plum. She still has. A collection of all of her backstage passes from going to see all like the the she has the pass and the picture of like going to see like hundreds of bands. See, and that's that's part of the reason that I fell in love with rock and roll and heavy metal was because one of the first concerts that I went to was Metallica up at uh, at Portland Meadows when they were still having when they were still having like metal shows and mm-hmm. then the city shut that down. But it was a great place to see an outdoor concert. And I remember going to Metallica and not having any idea. I'd never been in something like that, you know, because there's thousands and thousands. I don't know how many people they had there. You yeah. Know, thousands and thousands of people. And there were all these people, you know, that were all drunk and like passing around bottles and, and rolling doobies and all this stuff. I mean, rolling it was doobies? seriously. Who are you? I know that's what I'm. I know I don't. I didn't really call it that, but but seriously, it was like what you would see in a movie of the picture of a rock scene. And there was 14 year old me, 14 or 15, I think at that point, and just like, oh my god, this is amazing. And then chicks taking their tops off and like running around. It was mayhem, and it was all with like loud head banging music. It was badass. Was it the best I'm moment of you, your life? It kind of was. It was a for- very formative <laughs> moment for me. It was just like, holy shit, rock and roll is awesome. <laughs> I want to do this. I want to be on stage. So that was that was when I decided to start start <laughs> playing music. Holy shit, this is amazing. Like, yeah, I, w- I want to be around skanky chicks taking their tops off, drinking passed around bottles of whiskey. And then courage was born. <laughs> and then courage was born. That you wonder where courage courage does have some uh, courage. My band courage does have some things. Uh, thing, there, there are some formative moments. That uh, I think formed for it for Gavin and Stone as well. Those kinds of things. It's all about the chicks, man. It's all. It's not. No, of course it can't be about the music. It's about the chicks. Well, it's about the music and about the chicks and about uh, having a good time all the time. <laughs> anyway, every day's a good day. Every day's a good day. <laughs> uh, Keelan's asking if the Courage is the name of your fake band. <sighs> See, now I feel like anybody who's listening to this show <laughs> knew a new listener to Fun Employment Radio. Now I have to explain this. I have a band called Courage. 
It is, uh, <laughs> if you've ever seen Spinal Tap, think along those lines. Very real music. <laughs> we dress up. We do have personas. And it's a very... It's good music. That's it all I can say. It's, music. It, the music is really put together. Otherwise, we could not pull off the costumes and the shenaniganery and all that stuff. And this shenaniganery, I like it. Maybe um, at the break, before we bring in our guest in a little while, I could play some courage sure. during the break so people can see that it is, in fact, not your fake band. It's not. It's a real band. I just have a fake name in it. It's a real band. I'm a man. All right. Anyway, wow. so so you went and saw the specials last night, and so you I went did. skanking, which skanking is the dance of choice for the uh, for for the for the ska culture, mm. as you called it, the ska culture. No, it was fucking packed. So uh, so Lisa and I ended up going and having a couple drinks beforehand. Then went uh, since it was at the Roseland, we ended up going to Chinatown and uh, had a drink at like this seedy, really gross Chinese restaurant down there. But you, you know, you've got to, you've got to punch your pennies while you can. We're just like, we'll get one sure. drink before, you know, we'll get one more drink before we go in and have to pay, you know, like, you know, like show prices for beer. Mm-hmm. So get there. And it is just already insane. Like the opening band uh, was just finishing and the specials were coming on. But I, so we went upstairs. Uh, if you've ever been to the Roseland, there's like the bottom floor that you walk in, you walk through, like the, past the security guards, you have to go through a metal detector. There's a bar downstairs, and then you go up the stairs, and there's the main floor. Yeah. And so yeah. this show was all ages. And then there's the main floor, and then there's the balcony upstairs that overlooks the main floor that's 21 and over. Yeah, it's a rock club at downtown Portland. It seats, I, I don't know. What? No, more than that. It, it holds 2, more than that. I would say like five thousand, maybe five thousand, maybe maybe not that big. Maybe I it's not know. that big. Yeah, maybe a couple thousand. Couple people, thousand. We'll say. All right. Uh, so anyway, so by the time we get there, there is absolutely no room on the floor. Like it is just packed. People like people weren't even able, uh, you know, to do their skinky dances because there were too many goddamn people there. Oh, and no. so when we got there, we're like, all right, well, we must. I mean, clearly we got to the show. We must need beers. Pissed off skankers. You know what? <laughs> don't want a pissed off skanker. <laughs> and uh, so we so we go and try to get up to the balcony and there's this huge sign that says like balcony at capacity absolutely no one else is allowed up here and we're just like well shit well and plus I don't want to go to on a balcony that's at capacity by the way yeah that seems like true. something that might not end well I mean I'm sure everything's fine but at the same time I'm like okay if something's saying it's at capacity then I, I, I'm okay with that and there's like but you can go downstairs and get your beers there so then Lisa and I like we, we stood there for a little while and you know watched the band and they were great it's just like okay, we're it's hot in here. There's no place to stand, barely. Yeah, it it, it is kind of an unnerving balcony up there. That is true, and mm-hmm. it it does get very crowded, and it's very sweaty. It's very sweaty. Yeah, if you don't want to be sweaty, because see, I wouldn't mind being sweaty if it was my sweat, but like I could feel everybody else's sweat. No, that's the problem. The, the one problem with like smaller shows like that or in clubs like that when they, when they do pack in that many people, because you always get the requisite dude that takes his fucking shirt off, and it's always a really large guy. That likes to run around and bump up into people. Oh, and like rub on you? Yeah. Rub his yeah. sweat all over you. It's like he's marking his territory in the club. I hate that guy. That guy that takes his shirt off, go to hell. I don't like you. But other than that, you know, it, it, it is, it's a, it's a sweaty place. I mean, it's, it's inevitable that you're going to get a little bit sweaty. Yeah. You'll yeah. get a little sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. So we were there and we we're watching and it's just like, okay, this is awesome. But I really couldn't see anything. You know, I'm not the tallest person in the world. Mm-hmm. And there were lots of really tall people there last night. Mm. And so we're standing there kind of watching and I'm like, all right, well, this is cool. You know, I could hear them, but I can't really see them. And I'm like, well, you know, we're like, well, why don't we just go downstairs? So we ended up going downstairs to the bar and they have this, they do have this cool thing. They have this huge projection screen that's actually projecting the show upstairs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so we're like, so all you right. can watch the show that's happening up above, up you. above you. That seems kind of anticlimactic. It was weird. It is kind of anticlimactic, but at the same time, we're like, okay. It's like, I'm at a show. Really, I'm just watching a screen. <laughs> it's happening right above me. 
Yeah, I, I think I would probably fight through to stay up there on the show, but but it is another option. It's another option. <laughs> it was. That was the only option that we had because yeah. I couldn't see them, mm-hmm. but I could hear them. Mm-hmm. And then downstairs, I could see them and hear them. Like I could, because they had them, you know, piped through on the speakers, but then you could also still hear them mm-hmm. coming from upstairs. Yeah. So it's like, at least I can actually, it was like having a front row seat. Kind of. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I got kicked out of there at one point. I, I probably talked about this a long time ago, but I went to a Typo Negative concert. At, oh, uh, as, is that as that band that's like... It's much better than that. Don't you besmirch the great, late, great Peter Steele. So, sure. Typo Negative, I, I went to the show, I remember, with Gavin, and we'd had, we'd had a few cocktails beforehand. I mean, as you know, as you do. When as one does, you must pre-lubricate before a Absolutely. show. Absolutely. <laughs> and we got there, and the band hadn't... Uh, I think the opening band may have been on upstairs, or nobody else was yet, and we'd gone through security and all of that stuff. And we went to go into the, um, to the lower bar before going upstairs, because it was easier to get a beer. Mm. And uh, we went in there, and maybe, maybe I had a beer... I think I think we did have one beer when we were there, and I started coming back out, and I was going to go upstairs to go to the show, mm-hmm. and I was talking to Gavin, and I I don't know what I said to him. I was probably calling him names or something because we always rip on each other. I could probably call him a bitch or something like that. Uh-huh. But the woman who takes the tickets, whatever I said, she thought I was saying it to her because she. I walk by and she's like, "Oh no, fuck that!" and come here. And she pulls me over and pulls out my hands and just drops big black X's on them, like just grabs my hands. And I'm like, "What are you doing? What's <laughs> what are you doing? I'm not. I'm fine. What are you talking about?" And I, I mean, I'd had some beers, but I wasn't like falling down yeah, or anything yeah. like that. I was, I was in in control of myself. So I, maybe she thought I called her a bitch. Maybe that's it, which I wasn't intentionally. Um, and so I'm like, "What the hell?" Greg's man? sticking his hands out in front of. He's reliving yeah. it. He's holding out his hands. As I remember, she just grabbed him. She's all all forceful. I'm like, "What are you doing?" And uh, and then the security guard walks over. And he's like, "What's this guy doing?" And she's like, "Get him out of here!" And so this dude picks me up. Oh, he picked you. He up. was a big guy. He picked me up and carried me. Were you kicking and screaming? Yes, I was like, "What are you doing? Put me down!" <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and picked me up, carried me through oh the lobby, god. opened up the door, and shoved me outside onto the ground, and then closed the door behind me. And the I... entire time, I'm like, "What? What? What's going on? I didn't do anything, and I really hadn't." You know, I, I hadn't done anything to anyone, and I wasn't, I wasn't like falling down drunk or causing a scene. I yeah. was just, I, apparently, I was making fun of Gavin, and that was enough. And uh, and so they, they boot me out onto the sidewalk, onto the ground, and I remember standing there, like trying to open the door, and I'm like, I didn't do anything. Tell me what I did. Tell me what I did. He's like, Nope, you're not. You're not getting back in here. You know, some big meathead dude. Yeah. Left me out there. I'm like, I paid for this ticket because it was like a $25 ticket. Yeah. And I got to see no bands. And I didn't get to see Typo Negative. I ended up standing up there trying to figure out if there was a way to sneak back in. But the dude was just watching me the whole time. Oh. So I just had to sit there. And then Gavin was nice enough. He came out with me. And we're just like, fuck, man, it sucks. And uh, ended up having to go back home and miss the entire show. But you've seen them before, at least, I had right? seen them before, yes. Okay, Sorry, that's so that's good. what I always think of when I see that downstairs bar. It always brings back that memory. You know, I have to say, a lot of people have not so... I mean, because I like seeing shows at the Roseland. I don't go very frequently, but um, a lot of people do have not-so-good memories associated with that place. Yeah. I mean, there there have been a lot of people I know that have not had the best nights of their life sure. there. Yeah. Yeah. I've had good and bad. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we were there, and so we ended up hanging out downstairs at the bar where, um, oh yeah, shout out to Heather and Jason who were working down there. Jason's a listener. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, so they were yes, down Yes, I'm not besmirching, I'm saying this happened a long time ago. No, no, no. It was, well, it did happen. That's fine, and, it uh, did fuck happen. fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck the meathead. Not Jason. 
No. <laughs> yeah, fuck the meathead that kicked me out. <laughs> yeah, and so we ended up hanging out downstairs because we're like, well, crap, we can have a beer here. We have a seat because I'm old again. And, uh, gotta and sit down, rest my bones. So we're sitting there. Watching my ska show. I, I'm all Ricky to Cricket in my chair. I'm like, whoo, this is nasty. I got a cold brewski. I get to watch, <laughs> I get to watch the specials on the, on the TV and just sat there and we could hear them playing. But I mean, it, it was. I guess it's the experience of being in the crowd. However, it was just so crowded. It was so crowded you couldn't even move. Yeah. Like, I think that it was just too many well, people Well, how was the there. band? They were amazing. Yeah? They were amazing. And I got to hear them play Ghost Town, which is one of my favorite songs ever, and that was really, really exciting. And, yeah, and it was a, it was a great night. So, Don't feel so, so not, well today. So not as much skanking as... Uh, not as much skanking as I would have liked. Okay. Let me just say. I did, I did show Lisa how to skank, though. Wow. Mm-hmm. I wish there was video of that. I yeah. really wish there was video of that. Well, did you take any pictures that you can show of your outfit? Did you get on your ska outfit? I did get on my ska outfit. I don't know okay. if I took any pictures. I don't know if I did. I can always recreate my ska outfit. And I wore my, my white my black and white Doc Martens okay. with the steel-toed tips. And they're a little platform. They're like an inch and a half platform. So I was like, I was taller than usual, which is pretty oh, awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really, it was the the show itself the music was amazing it was just too many people in that yeah. space like they shouldn't have they should have gone to a bigger venue it was yeah it, they were too like they could have easily filled the crystal yeah it was just too many people in too small of a space all right well yeah. maybe they'll, they'll learn their lesson now maybe they will there's there's more ska fans out there than they knew than they knew all right it's true yeah. all right so that was fun that was fun and uh, then woke up early this morning for Sportlandia with a raging headache oh lovely. I'm like oh I don't feel so well <laughs> here we go. <laughs> But, you know, that's okay. Skanking and beer drinking does that to you. It'll happen. Now, did you have a raging night? Did you go out skanking? I did not go out skanking. Okay. Nope. nope. No skanking for me. Um, well, I'm, I'm looking at the time here, too, because we've got – we didn't do World of Crazy or Ball Talk yesterday, did oh, we? Oh, yeah. And we have our guest coming in in about a half hour, and I really want to ask him a bunch of questions. But I think – what's up? I'm not really sure what's going on. All right. Anyway. Um uh, <laughs> Keelan is in the chat now saying I can neither confirm or deny Greg's claim regarding skanking. Skanking is ridiculous. Yeah. It's uh it, it is one of those things. All it right, is so is everything things. taken care of here? I'm a little confused with what's going yeah, on. Yeah, no, no, everything's fine. He's just like I'm really super early. I'm like so I just unlock the door and he's going to go and wait in the green room for Okay. Few. All right. Yeah. All right. There we go. So it's well, all let's, all right with doing let's, some uh, world of crazy. Yeah, let's do some world of crazy and then we'll come back and do uh, some ball talk as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. All right. Hello, my friends. Oh, my voice sounded deeper. Hello, my friends. My name is Sarah X. Dillon. Welcome to my world of crazy. Crazy. First up, out of Wasau. Wasau. An 18-year-old woman faces charges of resisting arrest and shoplifting after she was found pantsless standing on a street corner after stealing steaks from a nearby grocery store. Wow. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of things. <laughs> so her name is Elizabeth A. Hohen. Uh, Elizabeth A. Hohen was arrested after police received the call of a woman standing naked from the waist down in front of uh, the former Rose Garden Banquet Center, which apparently exists somewhere. So Elizabeth Hohen, who is with an unidentified man, uh, had put her pants back on by the time the police came and took off running with, with the man she was with when police arrived. The man was not found. However... Officers caught up with Hohen, who, of course, had her pants on, even though she had been exposing herself earlier, and took her into custody. Uh, Officers just... After she went to the police station, officers 
had her disrobed. They did the inspection and found three beef steaks shoved inside of her pants. I like how there are beef steaks. <laughs> there are specifically beef steaks. Come on, sell uh, some beef steaks. Uh, officers determined that the steaks had been stolen after talking to the store's owner that she was standing in front of, who said he had not sold any steaks that day, but he had witnessed her and the man standing in the meat department for quite some time. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hohen has been charged with retail theft of less than $500, and she has a bond set here um, for April 11th. Wow. Yes. All over some beef steaks. Steaks in her pants. <laughs> <laughs> I have a story out of Port St. Lucie. Yes. Port St. Lucie, Florida. A 29-year-old woman who said she's a stripper was arrested after saying she yelled across the street because people there are assholes, according to a police report recently released. This is in Port St. Lucie. St. Lucie uh, County Sheriff's deputies went to the area, let's see, of her home in Jensen Beach after there was a report of a woman in her underwear yelling profanities at a neighbor. They then found Lisa Marie Paras, 29 years old, in an underwear, an underwear-like or bikini dress, sitting drinking a Michelob ultralight at the end of a driveway. <laughs> when the police showed up, they told her to put down her beer. She said that she said the book okay, so she was approached by the people. The story makes no sense. She said to the police officers who came up uh, that she'd been yelling across the street because the folks over there were real, and then instead of saying assholes, they fill it in with rectal orifices. <laughs> <laughs> really? They redact it and put rectal orifices? Yes. The folks across the wow. street are rectal orifices. Uh, when the deputy tried to get more information as to why she was standing in her underwear, drinking a Michelob ultralight, screaming that her neighbors were assholes in her driveway, she said that she's a stripper and then wanted to make the police her witness. What? What does even a stripper have to... What does that even have to do with it? I don't think it has anything to do with anything. Is there a picture of this woman? Uh, I'm sure you could find one. Her name is, is she, uh, Lisa Marie Paris. P-A-R-I-S. P-A-R-I-S. Okay. A-S. A-S. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will, I will take a look here and see if I can, uh, I can uh, actually assess whether this woman is, in fact, a stripper. You can tell. I, can I, think, I, I, think, I think I'll be able to tell right away if, uh, if in fact, she is. So okay. I will look that up. All right. Well, as Greg's looking that up, I will continue. Uh, so... After the police were trying to get her to calm down, stop yelling, put down her Michelob light, and also put on some clothes, Paris then tried to seductively put her hands on the deputy's shoulders, and he told her not to touch him. Described as obviously intoxicated, Paris then tried to explain that she faces trespassing charges because of her neighbors, which is why she was screaming that they were rectal orifices. Right. I'm going to start. I'm going to start using that rectal orifice. You are. You sir are a rectal orifice. You rectal orifice. Uh, she also thought her landlord stole cash from her bedroom. Meanwhile, the neighbors told investigators that Paris came uh, out of out to the road and started yelling obscenities of them as they were just cooking steaks on their grill. Uh, Paris, they said, was in her undies and drinking beer. Uh, she told the deputy that she hadn't had much to drink that day, only about eight to twelve beers. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this lady sounds like she would have been at that Metallica show with me. I think she might have been. She does, she does see, kind of seem like that. And I did find a picture of her, and just to confirm, yes, she's a stripper. <laughs> yeah. After the police tried to calm her down, uh, the, the police did, in fact, find out her occupation is listed as a dancer. She then tried to hug the deputy when he asked her to confirm some contact information. He again reiterated he didn't want to be touched, and she was arrested. <laughs> she had been arrested for a misdemeanor disorderly intoxication charge. This sounds like quite an incredible woman. 
Oh, she does have a stripper face. Yeah, totally. You can totally tell. Yeah. Like, absolutely, this this woman. And she could also be hanging out with my meth head neighbors. Mm-hmm. I could totally see her on the rooftop of my neighbor's house yelling at people. Oh, of course. And barking at dogs. Oh, yeah, barking at them. Yep. I could see her doing that, too. Yep. She she looks actually a lot like that girl that did it. The, it like, there's the, a pretty the one girl that, in there somewhere, like she used to be Yeah, at one point, yeah, there was, mm. there was something about her that was probably attractive. And that's the same thing with the meth head girl next door. Like, at some point in her life, she was probably a really pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Probably pretty attractive. A few years of meth have, have uh, taken that away, and let alone the demeanor and walking around barefoot on the sidewalk out in front of my house and yelling <laughs> at people and, and barking at dogs. That kind of takes a little bit away from it. That's a little terrifying. Somewhere deep down in there is a lovely young lady. <laughs> Greg likes to find that lady inside. Uh, no. Deep, deep down. Not with this one. No. <laughs> All right. I do have one more story. All right. <clears throat> a man has been arrested... Let me start that again. A man dressed as a woman has been arrested (laughs) at an airport in southern Brazil for allegedly trying to smuggle cocaine inside of a fake butt he was wearing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You usually don't hear the guys trying something like this. Okay. Again, a man dressed as a woman was arrested at an airport in southern Brazil for trying to smuggle cocaine in a fake butt he was wearing. (laughs) So the man was attempting to fly from Campinas, Brazil, to Lisbon, Portugal. I live in Campinas. And then on to Brussels. Uh, uh, Apparently, once he landed in Belgium, he was to receive the equivalent of about $5,000 for delivering the cocaine. But while he waited for his flight to Europe, authorities approached him, and after the dog, the, the drug-sniffing dogs started to smell his derriere, they inspected it, found the prosthetic butt, and found two large bags of cocaine hidden inside of the underwear inside of the butt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I guess in a way, you might be able to get away with that, because if a dog's smelling your ass, I mean, you could just say that, sorry, I'm... I'm having a rough day you know yeah uh, clearly what's going on here this is re- really embarrassing it's been a long flight yeah. I, I ate some bad uh chowder before i got on ew why would you go to chowder that's just gross i don't know that'd be it seems like something that would be a good excuse though to to throw off the uh throw off that you know the cops from mm. it. might be a good way to do it all right well not he that didn't, i'm suggesting this he did not get away with it so he had the cocaine smith <laughs> smuggled in his uh, fake butt also he had the mobile phone that was given to him to that he was supposed to contact the person when he got to belgium with the fake butt full of cocaine. But it turns out uh, that the cocaine officers, butt. <laughs> the officers confiscated the phone and were able to stop the drug deal. So, of course, smuggling operations similar to this have backfired. In December 2011, of course, there's the woman with the um, breast implants filled with, co- with cocaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was also one. Um, I didn't realize that there was a butt one as well. I really dropped the ball on that one. Oh, yeah. There was, a, yeah, somebody there was who, another butt one? There was a butt, but it was a real butt. Oh. They put it in the real butt. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. People will go to great lengths to transfer their cocaine to different countries. And that, my friends, is your world of crazy. I'm from Campinas. Campinas. I like to buy my long johns on Canal Street. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, I got bit by a police horse. All right. Um, well, let's go ahead and do... Uh, I've, got, I've got a little bit of ball talk. I've got some some short but supple... Okay, no. Viral don't, balls. Don't say that. That I want to talk about. We have a director in the other room. Don't talk about your supple balls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll get the wrong idea what kind of this is. You're right. Yeah. He really doesn't know what he's mucking into. I'm blowing my part for Sharktopus, too. <laughs> All right, I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. Balls. All right. First up in ball talk. We've got this. This could be either a genius idea or one of the worst ideas ever. 
And it comes from Minor League Baseball, where it seems like all uh, all good ideas and promotional ideas come from, and some of the most horrible ones. So, mm-hmm. you know, of course, we had the one in uh, the different kinds of foods that people are making and different different things that people try, different kinds of nights. There was the one uh, ball club that have a had a Manti Teo fake girlfriend night. Oh, sure. Where everybody took pictures of themselves with their arms oh, around nothing. Oh, that seems like so long ago. That was hilarious. Yeah, it is. <laughs> there's uh, There's now this one. So this comes from the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Yes, their nickname is the Iron Pigs. Okay. And they have installed something quite amazing in their urinals. So what it is, essentially, it's this uh, company from Britain that has installed a urinal gaming system in the bathrooms of the ballpark. (laughs) So Pleased to be telling. It's a urinal like any other urinal. You do uh, urinate in it. And when you walk up to it, there's a video display on it that will turn on because it's based on a sensing thing when you walk up to it. It will sense the presence and switch the urinal into gaming mode. There's a screen that you pee on that you can aim left or right to control the play on the screen. Oh my good god, you guys have way too much fucking fun with your penises. That is the stupidest thing ever. And I'm just jealous because there can't be a girl version, and fuck you very much. (laughs) Totally. I mean, it's. That sounds like the coolest thing ever. It kind of is pretty cool. God damn you. It kind of is pretty cool. So it's. uh, They're going to be installing this. um, They're they're the first sports venue in the world to feature the new urinal gaming system. I'm going to throw some, like, feminist rant on that shit. I'm going to be like, there has to be something equivalent for, for the ladies. I don't, I don't know how that would work. I want work. a video game on I don't know IP. how that would work. Well, anyway. Um, the uh, general manager, Kurt Landis of the Iron Pigs, said that he says that the games are sure to make a huge splash. This is oh, his exact quote. My God. Sure to make a huge splash. So if you are in Allentown, Pennsylvania, feel free to stop by the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs and take part of the new urinal gaming wow. system. I would go to a Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs game just to see the urinal gaming system. Absolutely. I've never said urinal gaming system so many times. I don't think anyone has. Uh, All right. Moving on to ball talk. (laughs) Got a couple of different things here. So, um, of course, there is the uh, tournament that is going on. The The tournament tournament that is happening associated with the insanity of the month before April. Because we can't say the actual thing. Yes. So, uh, so it is happening right now, and with that, you know, it's it's going to be restarting, starting back up tomorrow with mm-hmm. the Sweet Sixteen, and of course, there is the school that everybody's talking about, Florida Gulf Coast University. Oh yes, of course. So, Florida Gulf Coast. I also found out a couple of things about this. So, you're going to see them everywhere because they're the, the first number fifteen seed ever to make it to the Sweet Sixteen, which is the final sixteen teams in the tournament. Fifteen seed, low seed, blah blah blah. Um, their coach. It's famous for a couple of things. One, he uh, obviously got these guys into the Sweet 16. Nobody even knew this university existed beforehand. And on top of that, he's also married to a really hot swimsuit yes, model. Yes, I, I hear this every fucking day. Yes, supermodel. Got it. Well, did you also know he's apparently exorbitantly wealthy? No. Well, this guy I was, I was up- sure that a supermodel was with him for his good looks. <laughs> so this guy, before he, before he started coaching basketball, owned some kind of a software company that... Apparently it was very successful, and he sold it. He might have like a little stake in it, but he sold it for. I've seen different estimates on his wealth, but it, let's say it's like millions and millions and millions of dollars. 
I just so this always guy assume is, when you hear supermodel girlfriend, I think money. I, that's all. Yeah. That's all I think. I, like I just assumed that he was super rich. Well, it's because you know he worked up his way up the ranks in uh, community college coaching and all of that stuff. It's his tenacity. I'm sure that's why the swimsuit model is really. You know, it's all of his hard work. No, he's he's loaded. Dude's filthy rich. Um, so anyway, there's that with the uh, with their their coach, and then of course there was the song that came came out from a local Fort Myers, Florida rapper called Black Magic and of his course. song Dunk City featuring Him and Bambi, right? featuring Bambi. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just say he's not the only one trying oh, to come up boy. with a song. Yes, there is in fact a new one from a YouTube user by the name of Hands Up Music 239. <laughs> I love random numbers at the end with of the, things like 7842555. Yes, with their sure to be hit song Get your eagle on. Oh, Jesus. Because they are the Florida Gulf Coast University Eagles. And I do have a sample here for you. FGCU, two, three, nine, we on the map, hands up music. And this is about to be a dance craze. Go. Drop down and get your eagle on world. Drop down and get your eagle on world. You know we set the game on fire. So drop down and get your eagle on world. Okay, that's enough. Drop down and get your eagle on world. We haven't even gotten into this. This is just the opener. You know we set the game on fire. So drop down and get your eagle on Break your brackets, don't sit in this here, yeah. We might break the basket. 15 seed in the sweet 16. Ain't from Miami, but they feel that heat. When I say FG, I say CU. CU make you look like D2. With the shot so wet like C dudes. So fly, cause the fly with them eagles. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> that is terrible. That is get your eagles on by hands up music 239. 239 must be the area code, I'm assuming. Florida, Gulf Coast. Um, I'm going to save the next, uh, the other story for tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to top. Get your, get your eagle on. But we'll talk some more about it tomorrow. That concludes this edition of Ball Talk. Oh my Set god! The game on fur. Terrible. No fur. Yeah. All right, well, uh, since our guest is here, should we go ahead and take yeah, a break? Yeah, let's take a break. I have some Courage pulled up, too. So that we awesome. To... See, it is a real band. Courage is a real band, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's It actually exists. Seriously, please. We, mm-hmm. we played real music. It's real. <laughs> I'm, I'm a real boy. I'm a real man. I'm a man. All right, so <laughs> let's take a break. We'll be back here in just a minute with our very special guest right here on FunEmploymentRadio.com. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Hi, I'm Al Sparks. You shouldn't get podcasts for free because you get too much joy out of it. So stop being a dick and give them a dollar. <laughs> Done. You know, pay it fucking forward, people. <laughs> I'm giving them each a dollar before I leave, and I was on the goddamn show. I provided content, and I'm paying for what they're doing. And it gets asked a lot. Al Sparks did give us a dollar. He did. Yes. Yeah. He's... He- Al Sparks is awesome. He is. I will fully give him credit for that. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fun Employment Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And as we promised at the beginning of the show, we are now joined by our special guest. And I'm going to say it right. <laughs> Good luck with this. Peter Hyoguchi. Yeah, that's it. See? He got, I got it. it. You make me look like a fucking schmuck. <laughs> it took me a while. <laughs> well, and so, Sarah, maybe you should explain, too, because you guys just met 
earlier this week. We right? met on the Saturday. Yeah. Yes, over a beer at a CD bar here in uh, Portland, Oregon. Yeah. So I met Peter uh, on location at this on this uh, online TV series called Conversations, where Peter was working on it, and then I actually got the privilege of being able to interview him on the same show yesterday. Yeah. Yes. So Peter just moved here from LA. Uh, I guess most notably, we could just start off with the fact that you you developed a show for uh, the Sci-Fi Network on the a web series called The New Kind. Oh, it's not on Sci-Fi Network. No. It's a, a Sci-Fi it's, web it's, series. It's a Sci-Fi web series. There you it's go. Independent. It's on YouTube. Yes, and it's amazing. And you were able to do this by doing it on Kickstarter, actually. You were able to yeah. fund the campaign for everything on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of Portland so far? I love it. I love your studio. Thank you Thank so you. much. It's like a real studio. Um, I love the building, and you know, it's a lot of creativity going on in here. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot of fun. It, it is. It's it's a lot of fun in this building, just because there's so many different creative people that it, that you know that come in and do their different things. And then we've got our studio associating mm-hmm. with them. I still want to talk to the private detective down the hall. Yes, I'm, you do. I have a fascination with becoming a private investigator. I would be terrible at it. Yes, you would. But I really, but but I want to just like follow the guy around. Like, okay, what are we spying on right now? Let's take some pictures. I don't know. But uh, but there's all kinds of different things in here. And so with the what's, what's up with the goats? The are there goats, goats down the? Oh, they, okay. They hire the goats to. <laughs> what's up with the goats? This is, this is welcome to Portland. Yes. Okay. So I, I was biking here. And there's this empty field, yep, like a couple blocks from here. Uh huh. I'm like pedaling along, <laughs> fucking goats, <laughs> goats, like a do. lot of goats, not just like a few, but like no. a, a gaggle of goats, goats are hippie lawnmowers around here. Yeah, that's they it, eat the weeds. That's what it is. They rent them out to for fields, and then they yeah trim down the lawn so that way they don't have to hire a lawnmower. That's so rad. <laughs> it's amazing. So they bring the goats in. They'll probably hang out there for like two weeks, and then they'll go away for about a month, and then come back. Mm-hmm. You can pet them. If you'd like awesome. to maybe get a finger bitten off, cool. <laughs> that's possible. I have extra. You have some extras there. There was a uh, there was a big uh, controversy probably a couple of months ago when somebody some trunk guy took one of the goats and took it back to his house and one of the neighbors saw that. No, he was drunkenly the- screaming in the street. He's like, "I stole a goat. Yeah. I got a goat. Yeah. I'm going to feed the goat a beer." Yeah. <laughs> he had like a goat on a string in the middle of the of the street. Yeah. And the neighbors like, "Yeah, you shouldn't have a goat." <laughs> and so they brought him back. He was unharmed. Yes, there was a big uh, manhunt for the missing goat for a little a goat while. hunt. Yeah, a goat hunt. Well, if since you, will. you since you just did move here from LA to Portland, I mean, yeah. is Portland culture? I mean, with the goats and the bike riding and the weird people, is it a lot different? Is it a little bit of a culture shock? It is. The weather's different. It's a lot colder. Yeah, uh, I'm just kind of getting used to used to that, um, and uh, and the rain and all that. Mm-hmm. What I, I was talking to you yesterday about this when you were wearing your gloves inside. I'm just like, why are you wearing your gloves? I'm it's cold, freezing. I'm, I'm like, people are, <laughs> you were like in tank tops outside. Yeah, unbelievable. No, he was asking me things about Portland. He's like, so why is everybody in like t-shirts when it's like 50 degrees outside? Oh, that's short weather. <laughs> like, it's glorious. Oh yeah. And yeah. Then I mean, it's like, is this like cyborg territory? Yeah. I mean, what's going on? People are walking around. No, there's no. This is known for. This area is known for rain. Yes. Yeah. Yet I've not, and I've been here a month. I've not seen an umbrella. No. Anyone carrying an umbrella or even an umbrella for sale? Like I've got one, and I'm like, wait a second. If I wear, if I actually use the umbrella, are you should ask, okay. will, will I Greg, be shunned? Think? Yeah, because he asked me okay. the umbrella question. So without me even saying anything, what do you think about the umbrella? All right, thing? it's. It is. You can always tell when someone is not from here if they wear if they have an umbrella. It could be pouring down rain outside, and if it's a downpour and you're walking around without an umbrella, you'll blend in. If you use an umbrella, <laughs> it'll instantly be like ah, California, okay, yeah. Arizona. Actually, yeah. wait a second. <laughs> I have an addendum to this. Yes. I did see one umbrella 
there was a the first day that it was sunny mm-hmm. here. It's springtime is happening. Sun umbrellas mm-hmm. are, and, are popular. And I saw this <laughs> saw this woman. It's like the one day is like pouring rain for weeks and weeks and weeks, and all of a sudden, oh, the sun is out, <laughs> right? And I look over, and there's this woman. Like a middle-aged Asian lady <laughs> with an umbrella. I mean, now you wear now the umbrella with the <laughs> yeah. sun. There's not one cloud in the sky. Umbrella. <laughs> Got to protect anything. the milky white skin from the take, sun. Take any logic wear and throw it out the window. <laughs> yeah, when it, when it comes to here, there are so many. I mean, it's it always gets made fun of. I know in like the media and everything for being so weird. And there's Portlandia out now. But a lot of that, to some extent, really is true. There are just some bizarre people up here. I don't know what it is about Portland that attracts that kind of thing. And it's great and weird at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's a little weird. overwhelming. Sometimes it's a little, like, I'll be having an experience, I'm like, it's a little too Portland-y. Like, if I'm behind, like, a clown car, yeah. I'm behind one of the resident clowns, like Extremo the Clown, you might see a van driving around with <laughs> yes. a bunch of shit glued on it. There are uh-huh. lots of weird, they're like art cars yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen those. So there's uh-huh. one guy in particular, his name's Extremo the Clown, and he drives this. <laughs> and he's an artist. And it's real. This is it's a real thing. It's fucking real. Yeah. And so I'm stuck behind uh, in a car next to Extremo the clown. He's wearing his clown, all of his clown makeup and has his puppet. And his puppet is like looking at me as I'm in my car. Then there's a tall bicycle <laughs> on the other side. Then looking at him, there's some like topless parade going by. I'm like, this is enough, Portland. Enough. What Calm is going down. on? Yeah. But well, it's I, I lived it's in amazing. Berkeley and Oakland, and, and it's the same kind of vibe. The same there. thing? Yeah. yeah. I lived I lived in Berkeley and Oakland. You know, they're really kind of the same unit, you know. Um, but uh, I lived there for five years, and it's really some serious Burning Man culture and, mm-hmm. and uh, DIY culture, and it's very it's very similar. Yeah. But he, it's even more here. This is this is really interesting. It's concentrated, I think. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's a smaller you know, city. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's a city, but it's definitely a small city. It's more like a whole bunch of small towns, really. When mm. you when you get into the neighborhoods and stuff like that, the but, quadrants. Yeah, all divided by uh, the river. Yeah, the DIY culture though is the thing that really is drawing me to the culture. And here. so is, that's why you de- is that why you decided to move here? Well, it's one of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Um, um, mainly has to do with collaboration with um, with people I'm working with on the show. So one of my editor or my editor for the show mm-hmm. is um, Margaret Andrews, and she lives here in Portland. And I've been working with her for six months, um, or maybe a year now, <laughs> editing editing the new kind remotely. And um, and my my sound designer Piata Pineda, he's also here. Okay. And, and Christopher James Thomas is my composer. He also lives here, and I've been collaborating with them remotely, along with everyone else in the productions remotely is. All over the world, like 39 countries. Wow. It just happens to be the post-production center for the, the heart of the show. Wow. Is here. Just happens to be. They're all three here. Mm-hmm. Just randomly, those three, yeah, happen to be living the, up uh, here. The editor and sound designer, and like, they don't, my editor uh, doesn't know them. They hadn't met them. <laughs> Crazy. And so, <laughs> um, the, now I'm in, I'm right in the middle of episode two, mm-hmm. and we're fundraising for the whole series. And so, just like in faith, you know, I, I need to be here with them to collaborate. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I was going to yeah. come and visit, you know, and just kind of like finish episode one, maybe work on a little episode two, go back to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to me, living, moving here is sort of like an act of faith that this show is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It will happen. I'm coming here. Well, you got to commit if you really yeah. want it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And the culture is really awesome and, and uh, creative and people just doing stuff, you know, and that's... Um, and then we were saying outside about in L.A. And I love L.A., but there's a lot of people who are just trying to get stuff done through the studio system or through corporate 
entertainment world and they're having meetings and mm-hmm. meetings and meetings and meetings and you know what does that lead to yeah a lot of times nothing mm-hmm. uh, so I just kind of want to pick up a camera and make shit yeah mm-hmm. which is pe- awesome people do that here you guys are doing your own radio mm-hmm. show yep no corporate sponsor you're just nope here it is <laughs> here <Yeah>. we are <laughs> yeah that's great that's exactly it well and 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 I wanted to ask you too about the new kind. Like maybe walk. And us you can through. find out about this, by the way, at thenewkindseries.com. So you can see it. You can watch part one of it. Totally, it is incredible. But you have it, it's a pretty amazing story of how you got this made. Of you know via essentially a Kickstarter campaign. If I understand, correctly. your success like, story. Uh, yes, I guess you could say that. Yes. Yeah. Like how <laughs> how did you decide that you know you wanted to make this series and then go about actually getting that done? Like getting this Kickstarter campaign off the ground. Uh, well, I had already been working on it for a year before the okay. Kickstarter campaign. So I had, I had brought together about 200 artists from around the world to work on it. And then I wanted to kind of go to the next level. I wanted to pay some people. I wanted to pay myself. Yeah. I wanted to do it full time. You know, I, I, that was, you know, and I, that was starting to ha- – Kickstarter was just starting to really happen because the Kickstarter campaign was like a year ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so – I researched Kickstarter by by going and seeing all the successful Kickstarter campaigns that had um, raised about a hundred thousand or the most amount of money, which at that time was about a hundred thousand. And so I looked at them and I looked at their asks. Their asks were a hundred thousand or fifty thousand or a large amount of money. And so I thought, well, I might as well just do go big. Just and, go and, balls to the wall, you know, right now. Yeah, just do why it. not? And so I. Uh, I, I emailed all of the ones that I thought were really awesome. Mm-hmm. And and almost every one of them got back to me. And I asked them basically, can I have um, mentorship from you? Would you mentor me uh, about your Kickstarter campaign? I'd like to have three conversations with you, one before, one mid, and one after, to kind of just – and 10 minutes conversation just to kind of pick your brain. How'd you do it? Yeah. And the one thing that they all said was um, – massive uh, Facebook campaign and then the other one was uh, getting press okay and so um, I went ahead and did the campaign and immediately started emailing the press Um, so what I did was I kind of created just one line like one sentence Mm -hmm. just like a like to summarize what it was about yeah Yeah. like a a press release but just one sentence long Mm mm-hmm and I went through like Wired magazine and emailed every single journalist at Wired.com with that email. Oh yeah, <laughs> just hoping one of them. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's like seventy five or hundred journalists. Yeah, and I just I did that, and then like three days later, I got an email from Wired and the editor of Wired magazine. We're we're gonna do a feature story on you. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that was incredible. And then. Then I emailed everyone at io9, mm-hmm. with the editor of io9 going and saying, we want to do a story on you as well. So it did work like with the press and the contacting everybody. It worked. That's yeah. awesome. And you were able to launch the series and you have the first, the first episode and you're working on the second episode right now. Yeah, we shot it. It's almost all animated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, there's a lot involved because in it it's mostly animated. Uh-huh. It's like CGI uh, live, uh, how would you say, photorealistic CGI. Yeah. Mixed with live action, which is incredible. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, uh, for for anyone that doesn't know, like, what's how would you sum up the new kind? How would you describe it to anyone? Like, what it's about? 
it's a live action anime series. Um, what is it about? It's a love story. It's an adventure. Um, and it's kind of about a new, because the new kind is a new kind of human being that right. kind of comes to exist, right? Yeah. So the series takes place in the near future. Mm-hmm. I don't say when. It says a time yet to be in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it'll never go out of date. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's good. So that's when good. you watch Blade yeah. Runner, it's like, that already happened. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the Back to the Future memes or with even everybody. Buck Rogers. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like no matter what, it would always be in the future. Um, so it's, it's really a. Um, what did I tell you? Okay, so I got you the said like an apo- not an apocalyptic. Is it apocalyptic? No, it's post economic collapse. Po- there you go. So we're we're in a, we're in a world that's a, it's about thirty years in the future in my mind, mm-hmm. and it's um, the world has had a global economic collapse. There's only seven cities left that have like a normal economy, and they're walled, and uh, everywhere else is like in the Stone Age. So okay. there's, like, no running water, no electricity, no internet. Um, there's, like, horse-drawn Toyotas. Wow. And people are kind of fucked. Mm-hmm. And so um, so the main story is about these two teenagers that live – one lives in Japan. The girl lives in Japan. The boy lives in Texas. And they both have these psychic abilities that are starting to develop through puberty. And they don't know why, but they can – they read people's minds sometimes. And then they start to have these dreams about each other. And they start to have these communications with each other. And they don't know if that's really – that person's really real. Uh-huh. But they're, in lo- they're falling in love. Mm-hmm. And um, they're the new kind. And new kind are these couples, these soulmates that happen as an evolutionary nature thingamabob. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> very specific. Every, very, genera- very every generation has these new kind. And uh, they're soulmates. That, and they try to find each other. Wow. And if they ever do find each other uh, and touch, uh, they have their DNA vibrates at another frequency. And it, it will cause a genetic chain reaction that will make all people on planet Earth psychic. Wow. And so um, the secret rulers of planet Earth have successfully murdered all of the new kind. That's what you're saying, kind of like a, the, the Illuminati of sorts, right? right. Yeah. They're like kind of uh, – they're called uh, uh, the the royals. Okay. And uh, – there are these uh, 13 royal families that um, have been controlling planet Earth secretly for mo- millennium, mm-hmm. and forever, like a million years or half a million years or something like that. And they know about the new kind, and they've been tracking, testing DNA. They don't show up until these kids reach puberty, and then all of a sudden their DNA starts to shift. And so um, their goal is basically to kill them before they find each other because they don't want a psychic planet. Because if everyone's psychic, then you'd know. Yeah, nobody can get away yeah. with shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You you can't lie to a psychic person. Yeah, you know, your president can't. If everyone was psychic, president gets on, you know, up on there and goes, "Hey, what's up? We're gonna end all the wars." And meanwhile, he's like building the wars in the background. You know, totally, it wouldn't work. You know, no one would follow that guy. That's awesome. Yeah. How how did you come up with the idea for this? Like, what what was the precipice of 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 this of this entire idea because I know you've worked on a lot of different things beforehand and you know obviously this yeah. is the industry that you're in like what was your inspiration to try to do this in 1999 I went to Burning Man and um, as all good stories start <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was on mushrooms and I was thinking about um, what is the evolutionary next step of humanity you know because evolution d- doesn't stop mm-hmm. we are evolving all the time 
and you know like how our thumbs were supposedly like the big thing for us you know right like opposable thumbs mm-hmm. all of a sudden we could use tools and fucking mm-hmm. look out humans are coming right <laughs> <laughs> so i thought well what's the next level you know and so i thought uh, psychic ability because uh, i think we all are psychic we all have psychic abilities you know you're thinking about a friend and then they call you or some you know something like that happens we've Things all that we kind of brush off as coincidence but right, it seems right. yeah but they're a little Right, yeah. right, right. And so the social norm is that shit don't work. It's mm-hmm. not real, blah, blah, blah. But uh, but I think it is real. And I think if we sort of believed that it's real, just like if I believed I couldn't walk out that door, I couldn't walk out that door. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you start to believe in your own psychic ability, then maybe you could do a lot more. And so I thought maybe, you know, sometimes I talk with, uh, with teenagers now or, or even younger kids and they have – it's almost like, well, they're like the next evolutionary leap forward. And sometimes they say sh- stupid shit and you're just like, ah, whatever <laughs> that kid, you know. But yeah. sometimes kids have some shit that is some real deal knowledge. Yeah. Like they're like somehow they're the next, you know, mm-hmm. 2.0 of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's like, wow, you know, uh, it's almost like, you know, when someone is uh, speaking uh, some other language – and you don't know what it is, if you're an idiot, you'd go, that person's just going gobbledygook, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. But, ma- but that's a whole sophisticated language. You just don't know it. So it's not it's not stupid. You're stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, like, if, if, there's, uh, if there's a wise person that's saying things that are, you know, beyond your mm-hmm. comprehension, you might not think it's very smart. Just like listening to young kids. They might think, oh, you might think they're full of nonsense. But actually, they could be smarter than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a terrifying thought. (laughs) (laughs) That could be true. (laughs) Um, So you... uh, Well, I want to ask something from yesterday that he told me about. Or do you want to... Well, it might be the same thing, so go ahead. Okay, well, I want to say... Because when I was talking to you yesterday, you were talking about how you've always grown up around filmmaking and around kind of... uh, Mm. It's it's kind of in your blood. Yeah. Because you said that your mother was actually an... In betweener, correct? Yeah. All right. And for anyone who doesn't know what that that is, I didn't know what it was until yesterday. Can you please to be telling what an in betweener is? Yeah. Well, um, I was born in L.A. and my mm-hmm. mom was an animator uh, when I was a kid. She worked for Hanna Barbera, so she did Scooby Doo awesome. and the Flintstones. <laughs> That's so cool. The coolest thing ever. Scooby Doo uh, yeah. and the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, she did a bunch of, th- of shows like that. She did the Adam Twelve show, which was in a Saturday morning. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I I watched reruns of Adam Twelve. I've never heard yeah. of the Adam Twelve show. Well, the, it was a live action Adam Twelve. Okay. And then they had an animated version. Okay. And that was like a half a season or something like that. But um, you know the the in betweeners are kind of the uh, the the workhorse animators. Mm-hmm. So they do all the in between shots. They, so so an animator will do a keyframe, which is like standing up, and then the you know like Shaggy's standing up, then Shaggy sits down, <laughs> and then the in betweener then draws like the hundred drawings or 20 drawings or whatever it is of, of the between, of between everything the going down the yeah yeah that's awesome or wow. like the wave back and forth exactly, all of that yeah that is so cool watching and stretching uh so she did that while i was a kid and and uh and she taught me uh i was obsessed about it and so she taught me at, as soon as i could draw you know i wanted to learn so she'd teach me how to do them on um on those little yellow um um Stickies. Like post-its? Yeah, the post-its. Mm-hmm. So I have like a box filled with all of these post-its, uh, post-it notes, you know, uh-huh. and they're all just little flip books. Wow. Oh, yeah. And uh, Yeah, I unsuccessfully tried to make some of those in my youth. <laughs> I made a, made a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, probably unsuccessfully. Yes. I haven't seen them since then. I'm afraid of what <laughs> what it was I actually did. Oh, you probably just drew like a woman taking off her shirt. Over uh, over again. Well, no, <laughs> well, possibly. Yeah, maybe if I look back at it. No, I would make like little comic books because I had these. Um, I had some A-team stamps where it was just the head of each of four of the A-team characters, mm-hmm. but I'd make my own A-team adventure based on the stamp. So I'd stamp the head and then draw the body on. Wow. And they'd go on different uh, adventures oh, and different things fun. and Look solve crimes. Look how crafty crimes. you are. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, some, I, my mom must have those somewhere. I want to find those to see what it was, <laughs> what I thought was cool mm-hmm. You know, when I was like eight years old trying to make those things. Well, but, what I thought was cool when I was eight years old was Scooby Doo and, and totally. the Flintstones. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, there's a there's a little inside thing that my mom told me about the Flintstones that, um, or not the Flintstones, the Scooby Doo. You know, the intro mm-hmm. where, where the the music, you know, and then and then at the the last part of the intro, uh, the your the van goes away into the distance in a puff of smoke, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the animators um, decided to, if you look frame by frame, the animators. Um, Put the smoke coming from the uh, the windows of the van. <laughs> really? Yeah. If you look closely, it's not coming from the wheels. It's actually coming from um, the the. Uh, it's their hot boxing in there. You know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, so the, the actual, you know, Hanna Barbera did not wasn't aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the. You know, it's like come on. It's like these stoners eating Scooby snacks in a fucking hippie van. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, why are they always? What's this up with Scooby? They got the the, the <laughs> munchies for Scooby, Scooby snacks. snacks. Dude, and talking eating with his dog food. Yeah, yeah. the <laughs> dog food tr- treats. Like, okay, one plus one. And the guy thinks his dog is solving crimes. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> yeah, I actually want to watch that again now as an adult and see. Oh like, yeah, how twisted it was. Yeah, well, there's all kinds of that stuff too with animators that that slide things in. And I mean, I've seen the examples of the Disney. Movies. And I still like have that. the original VHS the, uh, uh, copy of the the cover of um, the Little Mermaid with the penis yes. castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. shit is real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's disturbing. That is disturbing. I, and I don't now. I don't know what that is like. Is that the animators doing it, or is it like Disney executives doing that? Yeah. I mean, who knows, right? Oh, um, conspiracy. Conspiracy. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so you so you were taught to draw and, and be able yeah, to do that at a young age. Yeah, I was really into it, and then um, my mom got a divorce from my dad. And then um, we couldn't afford to um, really live in L.A. anymore. And so she – I guess it works like – it doesn't work like this anymore. But in, te- in television and in, in, in animation at the same time, there was these uh, points where the show would stop for like four months or something like that. So mm-hmm. she wouldn't have an income for four months. So we moved to the Bay Area to be closer to a family uh, in Marin County. And she lost her job as an anim- there's no animation in the Mar- in Marin, so mm-hmm. she became a legal secretary, and she's been a legal secretary my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got this great education on how to animate, and um, so and then in Marin I became friends. I had like a big brother kind of guy who adopted me in a way, and he uh, was a uh, the matte painting supervisor at Industrial Light and Magic. Wow! And was working on the Star Wars movies. Damn. And so um, I was a pretty good artist for my age, and so um, I and I was around all these people too who were who were doing it. Like in elementary school, this kid Jules, who was my friend, in, in like when I was six or seven years old, his dad um, was the head of the model department at ILM and made the X-wing fighters and the Tie fighters. Wow. And things like that, you know? that's just surreal. <laughs> like thinking about that, there's. That's actual people that created Star Wars. You know, yeah, yeah. Just, sometimes you just forget all that stuff that went into it. Well, that's Marin, incredible. There's tons of people who work for George Lucas there. And uh, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And 
Jules and I would would draw spaceships together and we would compete because we were the best artists in class and we'd, we'd draw drawings and then sell them for a quarter and see who could get more <laughs> like money for our artwork you know <laughs> and both of our parents were professional artists and so uh, we were we were taught at home you know so um, but then both of us had the opportunity to go to ILM and and learn visual effects at you know Ten years old, we're like Jeez. watching wow. them make Return of the Jedi and ET, and it's like a dream come true. For <laughs> I didn't know you got to wow. watch ET too. Yeah, Chris, oh. Chris did the matte painting for for uh, a few matte paintings for ET. Uh, you know when ET comes um, out of the forest and looks over the city, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a matte painting. Uh, that's a it's a painting on glass. That's mm-hmm. a, a lot of times it's reprojection, and now it's all done with computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Chris. Um, uh, showed me how that all worked, and I met a lot of people in that world. Um, and uh, I thought I was going to be a visual effects guy. I guess I am now, mm. but I mean, I, I'm more of a visual effects supervisor, so I don't actually do anything except advise the artists and work with them. Mm-hmm. So this was at ten, and then what happened to you at fifteen? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we ended up moving to Santa Barbara um, when I was thirteen, and. Um, I had started to make at that time I got a video camera and I started to make little home movies and I had pretty much decided that I was going to be a director and um, and then I heard that George Lucas um, was doing his uh, fir- his first film festival for kids it was called the Show Us the Future Film Festival and uh, the theme was the future so I quickly wrote this little five minute short called the Future's Future. Oh, that's such a 15-year-old title. It's the cutest thing. <laughs> the future's future. I like it. <laughs> uh, so I shot it and, and, um, and uh, ended up uh, winning the film festival. And so I flew back to Marin um, and attended the, festival, the, the award ceremony mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, got to meet George. And, wow. Um, got to... Uh, uh, they interviewed me, um, how I made the movie and everything. Like 15 years <laughs> 15? old. 15? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And you won George Lucas's. What was the name of the, the award again? It was called the Show Us the Future Film Festival. Show Us the Future Film Festival. And then they aired, they made a television show out of it, like a special, and they aired it on PBS nationally. Wow. I, I, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so that that was sort of like George Lucas anointing me, um, you know, like you can make films. So yeah. then I decided, absolutely, I'm going to be a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah George Lucas it's, picks George yours. Lucas is yeah. picking yeah. you first. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. And then you just saw him. Um, didn't you say you saw him about a year ago? Yeah, I was at the Writers Guild in L.A., and they were having they were honoring him for a Lifetime Achievement Award for, for I think, yeah. It was a, some kind of thing. Mm. They were like, you're some awesome. Kind of thing big award. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're really Lucas. cool, George Lucas. <laughs> George Lucas, you're amazing. <laughs> he is. Jesus Christ. And so um, anyway, I, I arrived early like I did today. <laughs> I I'm always early. We were talking about that yesterday. He's like, I'm early. I'm like, oh, he wasn't kidding. That's a half hour. I was at the coffee shop at 11 a.m. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> on the corner. I like to just go early to places. So anyway. I do I'm, the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm always. Yeah. yeah, I'm always early. <laughs> They Greg is the sitting in the parking lot. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, you never know. What if you what if you get into traffic? That's right. What mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. what if a goat attacks you? Exactly. There could be goats <laughs> loose all over the free. place. You never know. <laughs> get stuck behind a tall bike or a clown. <laughs> or a <car>. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm there and I'm like at the food tray thing, and I look over. There's a guy next to me. He's also looking at the food, 
and it's George Lucas, the man, right? The myth, the legend, <laughs> the, man right? Or the yeah. hour, <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I was expecting him to be there. That's why I went, but I didn't think I would be like alone in a room. And <laughs> yeah. was, like there was a couple people there who were working at the guild, but like no one else, you know. And so my heart started racing, and and uh, I walked up to him, or I just turned to him and I said, "I just wanted to thank you." I don't know if you remember, but in 1988 or whenever, 1987 or something like that, I I entered your film festival and won, and and I just want to thank you. Uh, and uh, my name's Peter, and he goes, "Oh, I know Peter. <laughs> I, I know who you are." <laughs> like, wow, what? You don't know who I am, really? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, not only do I remember you, but I remember your film." And I was like, "Shut up, George Lucas!" <laughs> <laughs> And you actually said that yeah, to I him. <laughs> Shut your face, George Shut Lucas. Shut up, George Lucas. <laughs> Shut your hole. And 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 then he pitches my movie back to back to me. He really did. He proved that he remembered. That he knew what it wow. was. Yeah. The future's future. So I mean, the guy is a genius. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, whether you like his, people are like, oh, the new Star Wars movies, uh, they're horrible. Uh, okay. But they're still awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still exactly. Like, I mean, what do you mean? Horrible compared to the best movie ever made. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like if some shithead, you know, new filmmaker or whatever were to make a Star Wars movie, you know, that good, uh-huh. you'd be like, fuck, that was awesome. But if it's George Lucas, you've got this – he's got to meet this so bar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, he is – like he invented Final Cut Pro. Or the technology behind mm. Final Cut Pro. This is called Edit Droid. For you know, when he he did, he was like, I want a computer editing system. So he got he hired computer scientists, and he paid them to be like in this like brain trust with editors. And he's like, make me a nonlinear editing system. And they just paid them shit tons of money for years to figure it out. And then they made this thing called Edit Droid, and then they sold that technology to Avid. And then Avid just released Editroid as a software program. And then Final Cut Pro is just a ripoff of, of that, but everyone has it now. Yeah. So we all have editing systems on our computer because of George Lucas. Wow. I just like the idea that he could just hire a team of scientists to create something. <laughs> Think about that. Like, like a, in a bunker. I just picture it in like Skywalker Ranch somewhere. He's the a secret genius. team. I mean, yeah. So, so I was surprised that he remembered my film, but I think he probably just remembers every film. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, wait a second. Kind of I don't memories. think I'm that special. I think you just know everything you've ever seen, ever. Yeah, and you can just recite it. Oh, you're that's so just, awesome. Well, you know what? You're something. You're in that long list of things in his mind. Like not a lot of people can say that. Greg and I aren't on, in the list in George Lucas's mind. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know who do we you are. Know? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and again, maybe George Lucas knows everything. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Is he secretly one of the royals in your uh, in your? <laughs> no, he's he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a, a bearded spectacle wearing one. Although, yeah, seriously, you never know. <laughs> oh. So yeah, so you can check out episode one at thenewkindseries.com. Yeah, thenewkindseries.com is the show, and then. Did you want to talk about like the technology behind it or how it's made or? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to know? Because you asked me about that before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, just because it, it seems like that things change so fast. You know, we were talking about the podcast and how, you know, we're able to do this now, whereas, you know, 10 years ago, absolutely this technology wouldn't have existed Mm-mm. for us to be able to put out our own radio show. You know, we had to work in the, the big corporations and the radio stations. Yeah. But now, you know, the technology's there where we can do it on our own. You still have to be good at it you still have to know what you're doing but the technology's there to put it out yeah and it seems like with editing and, and things like that like you have so much more freedom now to do stuff on your own like yeah. what you're doing yeah yeah 
Yeah, it's it's similar. Um, we're using Maya, which is a program that allows you to do photoreal CGI, and Nuke, which is a compositing software, so you can composite different layers of images. And essentially the same kind of software and the, sa- um, the same system that, that goes into making something like a Star Wars movie or like um, Jurassic Park um, used to be about, I'd say, 10 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, you'd need a million dollars. Yeah, to do um, like it was a computer that was a half million dollars. The, the, these computers that ran this type of photoreal CGI, um, you know, mm. work, work horses, these huge machines. Silicon Graphics made one called uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it was uh, these giant computers, and they cost like a half million dollars. And then to get the software program to license the software program, that'd be another half million. Mm. And that's just for one license. So you might need a few of these computers, and so you need millions of dollars. And this was just and ten years ago. Just the tool, let alone yeah. coming up with something. Right. And then it's like it's like having like a a Ferrari and then needing it repaired, or someone to work on it, or someone mm-hmm. to drive it. There's only a few of them because Ferraris are so expensive. Yeah. So CGI people to go and operate that stuff. How are you going to learn that? You need to be close to how many systems are there? There'd be like mm-hmm. ILM and Digital Domain, and then good luck. Yeah, you know, and so there was like a handful of people who knew how to do this shit, and then very recently, um, the computers, our computers, our regular home computers, are now as powerful or more powerful than those big silicon workstations, silicon graphics workstations. So all of a sudden, those software programs could just run on any kind of computer, regular computer, two thousand mm-hmm. dollar computer. So then the the price for those licenses went down and down and down very quickly, like falling, free-falling. And now they're like $3,000 for the program. And a lot of people just hack it. So yeah. if you want to just get a hacked version for free and learn at home, mm-hmm. you can make Star Wars on your home computer now for free. And so, uh, and that just happened like in the last two years. And so the most of the visual effects artists are working on the new kind. And like I said, there's like 200 of them working from 39 countries. They're just middle-class kids who can now afford to, to do this mm-hmm. in Malaysia, mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, the Ukraine, in Ireland, in Australia, everywhere you can think of. There are people who are learning how to do these, like, really massive X-Men, you know, type of awesomeness that you see in the movies all the time on your home computer. And they're just and, doing that in their rooms. That's just nuts. Right. And uh, so... Um, because of Chris Evans, the, my mentor, who mm-hmm. taught me about visual effects when I was a kid, he I asked him if he would come aboard and help with The New Kind, and I gave him the script, and he really loved it. So he became the art director and started to do all these concept uh, work on the show. Chris Evans, where do I know that name from? Well, he's, there's also an actor named Chris Evans. Okay. He's Captain yeah. America. Okay, not but Captain this, America. this is Christopher Evans, who also worked on Captain America. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I found these guys like Chris and others who had done movies like Harry Potter or The Matrix mm-hmm. to help on the show for free, but to work in as an advisory. They would do some work, but they would also advise and mentor. I'm big into mentorship. Mm-hmm. So there's all these great visual effects artists out there in their mom's basements or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> you know in the world uh, that are really capable, but they just need some guidance from someone who has experience. Yeah. And they don't – maybe they can't afford to come out to L.A. or can't afford to go to a film school or something like that. But I provided them a little area for them to 
work on a cool project and also to be mentored by a really advanced uh, you know, senior visual effects artist. And mm-hmm. by putting those people together, they all, all work for free to work on this and just to donate their time to be part of something that's cool. And then they would, as they did it, they got a lot out of it. And so they started telling their friends who are also visual effects artists, like, oh, you need to work on this show because then you get to work with these people. And, and also one of the major things, people love the story for, I, I mean, who can blame them? Mm-hmm. It's a cool story. <laughs> oh, yes. uh, but but they, um, I'm also an anime fan, and I, I I have always wanted to see like a live action Akira or a live action mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell or a live action Robotech. I love those '80s anime. Yeah, Robotech. I, I was a huge fan oh of Robotech. Oh my god! I literally ran home. Oh yeah! And I was a fat mm-hmm. kid, and I could not <laughs> run very well, but I fucking sweated my fat oh, yeah. ass off running home literally running home to watch Robotech and and so <laughs> Robotech G.I. Joe Transformers GoBots for a little while they had that cartoon for a little bit GoBots are for kids it was, it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh god so there's a lot of kids out there that uh, you know young visual effects artists who feel the same way they want to mm-hmm. do like a mecha anime live action and there's a lot of video games, those video game cinematics you, that, mm-hmm. that do that, and the, the style is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but no one's really doing that yet for film or even a television show. And so a lot of these, a lot of these artists are really excited to bring that style, that Japanese anime mecha style to life in a photoreal way. Because awesome. these kids have these mech packs with these like, backpacks that are made out of like nanotechnology alloy called Naloy. And it's real light and really like an origami. Mm-hmm. And then they just say, mech suit on. And the back, this metal backpack then opens up like a, like a, like a mechanized origami thing mm-hmm. that then transforms around them and makes them into a nine-foot-tall mech suit warrior. Yeah, that was cool. And then they just they <laughs> fight in the streets and like, um, you know, like kids will like you know, race cars and shit like that. They like style them out, so... It's it's awesome. Awesome. So, is your your company is you own Ronin Film? I'm I'm co-owner with a bunch of other artists. Because I noticed the symbol from that was also the symbol that one of the guys was wearing on yeah. the show. So I didn't know, but did that exist before, it or is that yeah. well, kind of a tie-in? I'm half Japanese, mm-hmm. and I'm related to um, my ancestors were samurai, and that's actually our family crest. That's fucking bitchin'. And we're it's uh, we're Ronin. Which we're independent samurai, and so that's where the company called is called, our the company's called Ronin Film. Greg, did you hear this? Did you hear that Peter is uh, samurai? Yeah, I know that okay. is badass. Because I was just talking you know. the other day. Well, yeah, I mean it's a little bit different. I was talking about how much of a fan of ninjas I was as a kid. So. Me too. So yeah, ninjas oh, are awesome. We do have a sword in the other room too. We did do you see that one. I already stole it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll well, give it Peter, back. Thank you. Thank you for coming in and hanging out with us. Thanks for having yeah. me. We greatly appreciate it. We'll have to have you in again. Yeah. Maybe we can all, after this, maybe we can all walk down the street and go feed the goats or something. Let's go hang out with goats. <laughs> go hang out with goats. Uh, that's yes. real. It's not the clowns. I can't stand the clowns. <laughs> no. There's a clown collective in Northeast Park. I don't know if it's still there, that, that clown house. There was oh, yeah. literally a house that was full of people that dressed like clowns like 24-7. Uh-huh. And they'd hang out in their front lawn. And it's it's not like but kid they're the, clowns. They're, they're like the... freaky. Like I've got uh, I've got chains in my basement and you're going to be living in there pretty soon type of clowns. Like it's it's weird. Why are clowns so scary and yet they – I think there's nothing scarier than a clown. And yet that's what parents get 
They bring clowns for birthday. It's like I know why. Why do I don't that? Know. I have like, no idea like to fuck with kids. Yeah, <laughs> clowns are like are like childhood traumas. Just walking with they are. They really are. I watched it at way traumas. too young of an age. I watched it when I was like in fifth grade. So like by the time I was ten, as soon as I saw fucking you know the the teeth and the clown crawling out of the drain, I'm like no 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 no. Thank you. Yeah, I don't I don't no like clowns, that. I don't please. I don't associate that with happy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we? Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize. It's I didn't realize it was already. two o'clock. Yeah, yeah, that's our ending time. All righty. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you we, so yeah, much. Man, thank you so much for coming in. That's thank you guys. Fascinating. And um, like we said, so it's the website the, again. To the make new sure kind that series. The new kind dot series. Yes. Dot com. Go watch it now. And read up all about Peter. Yeah. Um, he has a very interesting life. Sort Even of. though you don't know, he's just like I was asking him. He's like, "How do you guys know all this stuff about me?" I'm like, "You're all over the internet, dude. <laughs> it's the interwebs. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> awesome. The Googles." All right, um, send us an email: funemploymentradio at gmail Give us a call: five zero three five seven five nine one two zero. We've got coming up here on the Fun Employment Ra- Radio Network today mm-hmm. at five thirty p.m. Play anything with Lisa Wood. With Lisa Wood will be here, and that will be followed by Geek in the City. All right, real quick. I'm sorry. Uh, Keelan did send me a message. I do need to play this. Okay. Because it's his father's birthday. Oh, Harvey. It's Harvey. Harvey's birthday. Yes. Absolutely. So so for our birthday things in our show, we do have a a clip of a drunken Elvis singing happy birthday that we like to play for people. Awesome. So, Harvey, thank you for contributing uh, to bring one of my favorite people into the world. Happiest of birthdays, Harvey. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Hot damn right. Hot damn right. Hot damn right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, did want to say, too, that tomorrow on Fun Employment Radio, we will be joined by a special guest, Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt. in town Schmidt. recording a podcast. So if you have any questions for him, go ahead and send those in to us. We said funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thenewkindseries.com. All kinds of dot coms. Let's do this. A lot of dot coms. Mm-hmm. It is true. It is true. <laughs> All right. And uh, don't forget, you can go to funemploymentradio.com and subscribe to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Six ninety nine a month. The first week is free. As usual, the podcast is always free, which you're already listening to right now. Mm. So, um, But your support is greatly appreciated. <laughs> it helps us afford this nice studio that we get to bring awesome guests into, like Peter. And, uh, He's inside we appreciate of George it. Lucas's brain, by the way. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Just right that is weird. That's, that's, one way to, yeah, that's one way to look at it. Somewhere floating around there is E.T. and then Peter. Yep. Right there. <laughs> I'm not sure which order, but one of those orders. Peter before E.T. Peter before E.T. Mm. Awesome. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. Dot com. <laughs>